Many of us uh, can quote back and forth the ideas of Rev Cook. Many of us can quote back and forth his life story um, and ideas that have influenced us, but really spending the time in the text and understanding his words and his, his ideas is not only spiritually nourishing and intellectually challenging, but, um, but helpful for our times in so many ways. And I don't need to make that case because I think we all know it. And someone who has thrown his life into the thought and life of Rav Cook, immersed his life, intertwining it with his legacy and text. What is what is chut, uh, a merit to learn with someone like that? Israeli-born Rabbi Yitzchak Evan Shaish, uh, you know, also Marmerstein, is a longtime student and teacher of Torah Rav Cook. He is the Gabbai and educator at Beit Rav Cook, which I, I imagine is the, where he is right now. Rav Cook's historical home and study center yes. in Jerusalem. Uh, he's also the chairman of Orla Raya, a Jerusalem-based organization dedicated to sharing Rav Cook's illuminated teachings and vision with the largest possible audience. He has a special interest in translating and presenting Rav, Rav Cook's incredible poetry. And um, I have to say, we thought this was so worth it that this is the first time we're doing a 10-part series. We have always done kind of one-offs, and this is going to be a 10-part series. If you go to the registration page, see there's a different theme, 10 different themes for each session, and we will have this, the, the sources up on the screen, so you can uh, be learning those. Um, you can see the Hebrew, we can learn, we can learn from the English, and uh, a chance to dive in. You can, use, um, you can use the chat on the side if you want to share thoughts or questions between now and the Q&A part. Um, and, and the presenter may, uh, may choose to bring you in as well between now and then. So uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Evanshaish, thank you for being with us. Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom to everybody. Um, I can't tell you how I'm glad to have this opportunity to, to share with you. And I wish I was at Beit Rav Kook, but this, it's more than a thousand meters from my house and I'm in my apartment in Katamon, in Yerushalayim. And um, it when the conditions allow it, I'll be happy to have to do this class actually from Beta Rav Cook. And, but with your permission, we'll begin by, um, I'll just take you into the text. I've, I've got different texts with, and I'll explain the, the the thematic uh, framework that we're going to be learning Torah of Cook with. But we begin by really letting the Ha'orot, the lights of Rav Cook, um, speak to us, speak with us. The whispers of existence. All existence whispers to me its secret. I have life to offer. Take, please take. Im yesh lecha lev ubalev dam shera'al yeush lozi hamahu. If you have a heart, and in your heart red blood is flowing that has not been poisoned by the 
toxins of despair. Ve'im libatcha arela, but if your heart is uncircumcised, covered, ve'yofi lo yaksimecha, and my beauty does not entrance you till hashli ahavaya, existence whispers to me, sura meni sura areni lecha lach asura, away from me, away. To you, I am closed, locked, forbidden. Sura meni sura areni lecha lach asura. If every gentle sound, every living beauty, does not bring us to holy song, but instead awakens in you a stream of strange fire, Sura meni sura hareni lecha asura. Away from me, away. I am forbidden to you. Vedor yakum vechai. And a generation will awaken and come alive. Yashir. Leofi Vechaim sing to beauty and to life. Ve Edna Blidai Yinak Mital Shamaim and bliss without limit. Edna Eden, limitless Eden. We will draw, suckle from the dew of heaven. A generation will awaken come to life, sing to beauty and to life and draw unending delight from the dew of heaven. And from the vistas of the Carmel and the valleys of the Sharon will flow the wealth of life secrets, the secrets of existence. Takshiv Ozen Amchai will be heard by the ears of a nation alive. This is from the Weizmann Institute to the to uh, to Haifa. Takshiv Ozen Amchai. The secrets of existence will be heard by the ears of a of a people alive, a nation alive. Eden or and from the Eden of her song and the beauty of her life, a holy light will fill all. And then existence will murmur lovingly to us, to him, to the person, my beloved, my, my, the one who chose me. I am permitted to you, I am yours. I am yours. Dor yakum vechai yashir leyofi vechaim. 
So we, I want to bless us that, that we understand that we are the generation, Dori Akum Vechai, who is being invited to sing the Yofi Vechaim Ve'edna Blida Yinak Mital Shemaim, and to really draw unending delight from the dew of heaven. Because life is always whispering to us. I have life to offer. Take. Please take. Poet of your uh, return. Have you been born yet? And if you're still in the, in the heights, your soul bound up in the treasure of life, but quickly. Descend, come down and awaken your violin. Yishma'u kol dak elev. That all the depressed of heart will hear. Ya'azinu kol arle ruach. All the uncircumcised of spirit will give ear. Lehemyat nevalecha. To the melody of your harp. And they will return. And they will live. V'shavu v'chayu. So we are blessed because Meshorer Hachuva, the poet of our return, Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Akoen Kuk, Zecher Tzadik Livracha, was born in 1865 in Griev, Lithuania. His mother was Chabad connected to the Tzemach Tzedek and his father, uh, a Kohen, and, and um, is quickly recognized as a young person that he was an extraordinary soul. And um, he, he went to the Volozhin Yeshiva at the age of 18, and he went through Shah 17 times in a year and a half he was there. He's the only person allowed to wear tefillin all day long, and when all the other superstars there asked, well, if he, they asked the Rosh Yeshiva, the Netziv, and this was the, the Yeshiva where Rav Soloveitchik, the Netziv's son-in-law, was starting the brisk method, as it were, and Rav Cook was right in in that circle. He was with the Netziv and, and, and not lessened to Pilpul. Um, at the age of 23, the Chafetz Chaim sat him down. He said Chafetz Chaim already got to know him from when he was younger. And the Chafetz Chaim uh, sat him down and he says, I have two requests. The first is I'm a Kohen, you're a Kohen, maybe not my lifetime, hopefully yours, the Kohanim have to know what to do, please, learn the Hilchot of, of the Beit HaMikdash and, and all the Kohanic practices. He was just starting there the, 
the uh, movement of Kohanim learning Hilchot Beit Hamikdash and the, the Temple Mount movement. There was the Chafetz Chaim that gave birth to it in the 1880s. And he said to Rav Cook, though, you can learn it on your own. You don't have to learn it with anybody else. Um, and Rav Cook already knew it all. And then the second request he told him is, um, I have another request, but please answer. Um, uh, please agree to do it before, before I ask you. And Rav Cook said, okay, you're the Rebbe. And he said to him, and this is a bit of a paraphrase, but it's the implications of the whole situation. But he did it mostly. He said, it's clear that you're the Talmud Chacham of, of world history, ultimately, because he was, he was integrating all the Torah that preceded him. He was considered the Yoresh of, 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 Vilna, of Torah Ata Gaon, Ramchal. He's really in the line of... Um, well, the line going back to the uh, Ramchal, Ari, and, and further back to, to, the, to, to the Beit HaMikdash, ultimately. But, um, and he said, it's clear you're the Talmud Chacham of our history, and every yeshiva in the world wants you to be a Rosh Yeshiva. No, you have to be a rabbi in Israel, for Israel. And at the age of 23, he sent them out to... Um, to, to be the to be a, a community rabbi, and he did that till he was 39 years old, and then he came to Israel in 1904 to be the chief rabbi of Yafo, and then in 1914 he was outside of the country and met his main student, and I'm about to tell you that story, but I just want to take a little bit of a of a personal focus and, and explain to you why I got so involved with Torah Rav Kook. Um, I was I'm born in Israel and my parents Holocaust survivors from Romania, Transylvania. And um, I grew up with the consciousness that something very dark had happened in, in human history. And I felt I wanted to respond in some way that was a response of light in the face of all this darkness. And that sort of guided my, my own search. And when in my return to get serious about the Torah, and there's a whole story there, but um, I was teaching Jewish high school in 1980 in Winnipeg, Shebek, Canada. And I got not exactly this book, but just like this book, but in soft cover as a, as a, a birthday present. It's uh, Abraham Isaac Cook by Ben Sion Boxer. It's a wonderful translation and, and it's really worth, it's a great book to have. And I sat down one day in the summer and I started to read. And as I read, and I already knew of Rav Cook a little bit before, I had used this text in, in previous places I had been, I had been teaching before. But this is the first time I, I really just sat down just to read it, Lishma. Uh, and as I read, I felt viscerally that I stepped into a larger understanding. It was, it was, this is a larger thought space. This is a, it is a larger understanding. And, but I felt it viscerally. I felt almost my, my sense of, wow, there's so much more room for thought. 
in, in his in his perspective in this perspective and and so much illumination that it became this is the most illuminated torah presentation that i've ever entered and so i've really been reading it ever since um and the people around him who will talk about but the basic conclusion is, is that he came 1914 he was in europe 1919 he came back to um israel and and he was the chief rabbi of jerusalem and then of israel till his passing in 1935. they did a survey for israel's as the 65th yom Atzmaut. who's the person most influential on shaping the modern state of israel ben gurion was number two Rav Kook, number one. His impact is only getting larger. Um, his teachings are only now coming out more fully. There's much of his writing wasn't even published 10 years ago. Some of his most important creative writing. Um, and I, I'll tell you more about that. There's some fascinating, fascinating books that extraordinary things. And um, the people around him came to the conclusion that he was experiencing prophecy. And, and we'll, we'll talk about that more. But um, yeah, so now in terms of how to present the, 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 the Torah of Rav Kook in a way that that's both um, gives the breadth and the depth, um, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense to do it based on the understanding of Rav Kook's Talmid Muvhat. Tal, Rav Kook had a Talmid Muvhat, his prime student, and I want to introduce you, if you don't already know, in my understanding, there's two spiritual giants of our time. Rav Kook was one, his Talmud Mufak, Rabbi David HaKohen, is my understanding is the second major soul and thinker of, of, of modern Jewish history. And he, how many, everybody, people, anybody not familiar with him or somewhat or not very much in, in the circle? Um, but it's an extraordinary story. He grew up, he's also a Kohen, and he grew up learning and also from Radin. His uncle was the chief rabbi of, of Radin, living right near the Chafetz Chaim. And uh, he went to get a general education. He wanted to search out the world's wisdom, and he went to get his PhD in philosophy. And this is in 1912, 1913. And at the beginning of the First World War, he is arrested as a Russian citizen in Germany. Um, and he gets sent to Switzerland. Rav Kook happens to be in Germany at the same time because he was invited to um, address the, the, the gathering of Agudat Yisrael, the, uh, the, the, uni the union of rabbis and he was going to speak to them about the importance of Israel and change their perspective about sending people to Israel. 
And, uh, and uh, Aryeh Levine, the Tzaddik of Jerusalem, who's Rav Kook's, Rav Kook had three or four central students. The Rav Nazir was the major, Rav, um, Aryeh Levine, the Tzaddik of Jerusalem was another, the other one of them. And there's Rav Harlap and Rav Kook's son. That's the primary circle of four people around Rav Kook. But um, Aryeh Levine explained that world, uh, world War I happened so that this meeting between Rav Kook and the rabbis of Europe never happened because Amalek steps in when the chance for tikkun is so strong. Rav Kook could have had a tremendous influence on the rabbis and they would have started sending multitudes to Israel in the 20s and we would have had the, the Medinat Israel in the 20s and the Holocaust would have never happened. Um, the Nazir around that time took on a Nazarite vow, which was to not uh, cut his hair and not drink wine or grape products. He was also a vegetarian and didn't wear leather. So he's sort of like the first hippie of the 20th century. But his reason for doing it was because there's a medrash that Kedusha, Tahara, Nevua, holiness, Tahara, which is Nezirut, the, the, the practices, the separation of the Nazir, prophecy. It's the stepping stone to prophecy, and, and that's what he was interested in. So he describes meeting Rav Cook, and um, here he is. I'll show you a picture of him as an elder. Here he is. He was, um, he continued being a Nazir his entire life. He was the first person that came to the Kotel in 1967, along with, with the uh, Rav Shlomo Goren was his son-in-law and, and so forth. There's a lot more detail, but we can, you can read all about it. Um, but for our purposes, I, I wanna introduce you to, to Rav Cook's thought through his perspective. And basically, he describes meeting Ruff Cook. He says, we were both in Switzerland. I asked, can I come and see you? Rosh Chodesh Elul, he comes to see Ruff Cook and they have a conversation in the evening about Greek philosophy, which he says, you know, didn't satisfy him too much. He knew about Greek philosophy in the Greek. And, and he said, but uh, Ruff Cook asked him to, uh, invited him to spend the evening there and in the morning, he describes, he got up and he heard Rav Cook davening in the room above him. And he was davening the early part of the Akdamot where the Akedat Yitzchak, the sacrifice of Yitzchak in the early part of the Sidur. This was Rosh Chodesh Elul. And he describes that um, he, Bebekote Shachar Tfilata Akedat Bashir Venigun Elyon in a melody, in a song, in an elevated melody. Mishmei Shmei Kedem. It came from the heavens, the primal, primal heavens. Vizachar Lanu Ahavata Kadmonim. And it reminded me of the, of the, the love of the, the primary love. The Akshiv. So he was outside the door. Rav Kuk was davening by himself. The Nazir was outside the, the, ro the room and he's just listened and he describes it. The Akshiv, and I listened. The Hine Nehefachti, the Haiti, the Ishacher. 
behold, I was transformed. I became a different human being. And then he describes, he quickly went to write his friend more than I could ever imagine. I found my teacher, I found my Rav. And at that moment, their souls were so connected. And then when Rav Cook came to Israel to be the chief rabbi of Jerusalem, one of the first things he did is he called for the Nazir to come. He, draw, he, he didn't finish his PhD and he came to be with Rav Cook in Jerusalem. And, uh, and they began the work of building this uh, central universal yeshiva. The Nazir wrote the curriculum for, for Yeshivata Merkazita Olamit, which now is known as Merkaz Arav, though his full curriculum was never fully applied yet. It's an extraordinary, uh, it's just an extraordinary uh, curriculum for its breadth and depth and, 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 and multi-leveled uh, learnings. So the scene is 1922. The Nazir comes up and he's at Rav Cook's house where I'll show you one day where, where, where this conversation took place. He, he came to Rav Cook and he said to him, it's clear there's holiness with you. There's some special treasure. Is there also a content of study? Is there a methodology? Is there something that, you know, do you have a, a shita? Do you have a, a method? And Rav Kook said, yes, certainly. And he gave him eight notebooks that he had been writing in his Yafo period from 1904, four notebooks from 1904 till 1914, and then four other notebooks that were written during the First World War till 1919, that his writings of his thoughts. He gave those to the Nazir and the Nazir then sat down with them for the next 12, 13 years, going through them and creating a, a structure for the thought of Rav Kook in a thematic way that uh, Rav Kook was the complete free right brain. The Nazir was like his left brain, putting it into a, a philosophic framework. Um, and the framework, and what I want to do is follow the main principle, because in volume two of it, he says that to understand Rav Cook in the most whole and deepest way, there's five foundational principles. There are five foundational principles to his thought, and they are, and he names them, HaKodesh HaKlali the universal, all-encompassing, holy. Everything is holy. Two, achayuta olamit, the universal livingness, everything is alive. Three, and all of this will be, you'll be getting notes. You don't have to write it down if you don't want to. Achduta kolelet, um, the collective, all-encompassing, universal oneness. Achduta kolelet. The fourth is Hatov Haklali, the collective universal good. What about bad? Well, it's dealt with in that section. And um, the fifth one is Hit Aluta Olam, the elevation of existence, the, the, the ongoing elevation of the world. And it's in that section where he has a piece that says, 
Evolution, which is currently gaining acceptance in the, in the world, is the secular science closest in harmony to Kabbalah. That's what they're able to see in a small part of the physical world is true on all levels. And, and he continues to elaborate. So those are the five foundations. And then volume two of Orota Kodesh, the Nazir divided into these five foundational principles and brought pieces of Rav Kook on that theme. And my, my, what I would like to share with you <clears throat> is selections for the next five weeks, selections from each foundation in one of the things. And I'll, I'll always try to bring in the, the beginning of the, and the last one, because the, the way the Nazir st structured it, it was a, he put them in a certain order to give a complete picture of what this foundation is about and what its implications are and, and so on and so forth. So, and I've, what I've done is, is um, condensed the text and we'll see how much of it, well, I have a bit of a sense of timing today, but um, okay, so everybody's with me and, and all right. <laughs> this is such an unusual format. You know, I'm so used to, you know, all of us, we know, we all know, right? It's like, it's such an unusual format, but for, for text, it's actually quite good for sharing text. I found it, I have a class every day at seven where we're going through Rav Cook's uh, Guide to the Perplexed, new Guide to the Perplexed. I'll, I can send you info on it. Um, it. It's an extraordinary book that nobody even knew about until 10 years ago. And, um, all right, but let's, we'll get to that on its own time. So now I want to take you to. So, uh, Rabbi, so we're going to yeah. leave the last uh, roughly 10 to 15 minutes for, for questions, right? Right. All right excellent. Okay. So I, what I'll do to make, okay, let's see, here we are. All right, so I'm going to, I'm going to sort of walk you through it. And, um, and some of it, so he starts off the Nazir, he starts, Orota Kodesh Bet, the category is HaKodesh HaKlali, the universal holiness. And then he quotes uh, a piece of Zohar to, um, to, to frame everything. And it's also a teaching, Rav Cook's teachings are, 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 are completely, completely, completely based on in Kabbalah. He's, he's, the, he's the ultimate expansion of Kabbalah, drawing from the very core of Kabbalah. And he quotes a, a portion in, in, in the Zohar where it says, Kodesh Milabigramiyahu, that holiness, the holy, is just in and of itself. That's it's its own category. Everything comes from the holy. And so what is holy? Holy is Shlemuta de Kula. It's the full completeness, complete wholeness of everything. And it's also called. Chachma Il'ah, the highest wisdom. So holy and Chachma, Kadosh, the Kodesh and the Chachma is, um, is connected. And then it says, and even though the holy, holy is hidden, and that's Kodesh, holy emanates below and Akre Kedusha and brings Kedusha into the world. So the holy is the source of Kedusha. We experience Kedusha holiness. So that's the quote that he starts off piece. And then he, in his 
uh, what he does, he's done is basically categorize the themes in the 20, 25 root concepts that now the pieces that follow, they, they're actually, he summarizes it to the, to the max. And um, so he says like this, what we're looking at is that the Kodesh HaKlali, the universal holy, which is essential only of itself, habilti nigdal, it cannot be bounded. It has no limitation. Safui, it can be envisioned, observed, in the universal holiness, the purposeful, that spreads into humanity and into the world. So the Kodesh is beyond all limitation, but it comes down into Kedusha and comes into our life. Ha-Kedusha ha-Olamit. The Kedush, the Kodesh is Klali, Kedusha is Olamit. And what is the Kedusha ma-Olamit? He ma'ala et ha-Chol la-Kodesh. It raises the profane to the holy. Ki ha-Kedusha she-Beteva. This is the holiness that's in the natural realm. Ha-Mit gala be-Eret ha-Kodesh. That can be revealed is discovered in the holy land the land of israel the holiness that's the natural realm revealed in the holy land so that's the general construct and then the volume this whole section has two sub chapters chapter one is a kodesh haklali chapter two is a kdushah olamit and he has about 13 pieces from rough cook in each one of them. So it's about 25, 26 pieces. Sometimes the specific number is significant. And, but this is the, 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 the uh, playing field, as it were. The relationship between the universal unbounded coming into the world, the holy unbounded coming into the world and raising the world to the holy. Okay. So now this is the first piece that he starts with. And this piece, it's a little bit, I, I feel an obligation to start with it. It's, it's, it's all right, because it's the beginning one. HaKodesh HaAtzmi, the essential holy. HaKodesh HaAtzmi, Hu HaChachma, the essential essence of holiness is wisdom. HaHakara Levada, it's a, the recognition alone, it's, it's nothing material, it's completely transcendent. Zohar idiota elyonot, that is the illumination of the highest ideas in their highest state, below shum hagbala, that has no limit without any, and I'm going to translate, I'll read, um, what I did is I underlined the, 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 the essence of each piece, is the way. So uh, we'll see how much our timing goes, but um, to, I might sometimes might be skipping, but you can follow along with me. But he's saying like this, that essential holiness in and of itself, it's, it's in the realm of Chachma, and um, it's, it's pure wisdom. It has no limitation. It has no particular nature, it's no, it, has, it doesn't have a particular nature. Even 
related to the largest all-encompassing allness in reality because hakol, everything in reality, uprati umugbal is particular and it's limited. The gabe harocha vahidvoliut he had vuliut compared to the expanse and the boundarylessness of the highest wisdom in its full power. And that's so he's saying the Kodesh, Kodesh is of course the, the, the divine creation in the world. And so it's linked to the absolute uh, beyond all limitation. It's even it's higher level than freedom. The all freedom liberation comes from it. Everything is considered as 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 so much less. According to this pure holy chachma. Uh, and then he takes it one step further. It's from this source, from this source, which is beyond life, Israel derives its spirit. This is where we're linking into in, the, in being Israel. And going beyond all the world's standards and values, we are soaring off to our, to our purpose. In order to illuminate the glow of life in all the souls, in all the extensions of the world, the holy, the light of the holy um, of in all that is is manifested in, in filling all the worlds. So that Israel, we're the we have like the antennas, as it were, to 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 understand that this or hakodesh, that all in, in existence is the flow from this Ora Kodesh. That's Bedivrei Elohim Chaim. This is the, the matters and the words of, of the living God. All right, so then, and then uh, one more point here, and I think in terms of the time, well, we'll see, but this is an important one to understand. What's the importance of, of, of being linked with the, the Kadosh and Kedusha? Hakedusha, and the piece is entitled Hakedusha Ha'elyonita Klalit, the highest universal holiness. Hakedusha Ha'elyona, the highest holiness. Kishihimofia ala yachid ve'ala tzibur, when it manifests upon the individual and the collective, himaamida oto al hama'amad shel ha'ratzon ha'elyon. It establishes the person on the level of the highest will. That is manifested in, in, in all existence. When we're in touch with the Kedusha Elyona, we're in touch with the Ratzon Ha'elyon. We're in touch with, with the divine will. And then we manifest all the limitations of existence. And that's what's so important about Kedusha Elyona being our, uh, 
our connector. And, uh, and then we say, I'll read this just quickly, then our private will is not constricted and dark. Sagul b'meitzarim are closed in all sorts of limitations because our own will, it, it, we're not limited to the the limited conditions, the constricted conditions that most of the world accepts as reality. We're not limited by that, those conceptualizations because the, then our own private will, will is, is go, rises can illuminate beyond all measure, and then mit ached who our own private will will unite the on the inner inner level with the highest level of bliss ha edena elohi the divine Edenic bliss the whole miluove tuvo and all its goodness and fullness. That is that is descending to existence, to all of existence. And the word havaya is a beautiful word, right? It's yud vave in an order that we say it and the order that we experience it. yud vave is giving us the havaya, this existence completely in the flow of the light. And, and Rav Kook is of course speaking from his own experience. His will, his ratzona, he was connected to the ratzona elyon and therefore could describe the experience of going beyond one's own private, personal, closed experience. All right, so we're going to skip here. And then he says, so what does this have to do? How is this relevant to us? Kedushah, Kodesh, the holy, brings a flow of Kedushah into existence. So how does it affect us? So here he speaks very specifically, or HaKodesh mitpashet betchila al koach hadibur. The light of holiness first extends over our power of speech. That our whole speech becomes an expression from the living wellspring of holiness. That's splendorous and it's glorious, beautiful wisdom and luminescent life. Uh, Rav Cook was, he was, he had, and we read this as extraordinary poetry. The scholars of Rav Cook point out how every single reference is to a specific sphira in the in the tree of life and and all. So it's. It's, 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 it's all very, very, very detailed Kabbalistic, expanded Kabbalistic ex explanations. But his greatness is that without any knowing any of that, we can get the, the essence of what, what he's saying. So first thing that, that, that holiness affects is how we speak. Then it elevates also our sense of hearing. That everything we hear is joined, is linked with a great light, pure and holy. And afterwards, it spreads on our power of sight. Everything that we see, everything that our eyes see, is sanctified, it is raised. And we can really analyze the world and do an, bring an analysis of the world that, that's clear and, 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 and active 
and, and Barur Vetzalul are synonyms, right? But it's like clear and, and crystal clear. And then Chaim Kedoshim Elyonim, the Birkat Hashem, Nisgevet Lahavituva, the Kolasher Yabit Beinei Hakodesh. And then the high holy life and the exalted blessing of God will just bring good to all who can see with the eyes of holiness. It's a pasuk that the eye of God is on those who are yirah, and 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 God is the eyes of God towards those that fear Him, towards those that await for His mercy. And then once we've elevated our speech, our hearing, our sight, and then every movement, every Every impulse becomes full of beautiful glory. Ad, do we reach the level of hofaat or a kodesh gamal kol of the manifestation of the holy light on all our possessions? Al kol every tool that we use, maklo our staff, chamoro our donkey, the kol asherlo, and all that we have, all of that becomes. Um, the manifestation of, of, of holiness. And then we really are living on uh, the, the way we should be living. Okay, so I wanna finish in four minutes. So let me just share with you the, the, this piece. We might start next week, return to this, but this is the last piece in this section. And we'll just do the beginning of it because it's called Nitzchon HaKodesh Be'olam. And this is the good news considering all the bad news. And it's the victory of the holy in the world. And here Rav Cook says, and, and he's speaking here prophetically, sof kol sof Finally, finally, the holy will be victorious in the world. The simple, basic understandings of being good and not stealing, and which children can just sense in their own true being, these simple, obvious truths, they'll be the foundation of our life. They'll be the foundation of, of life. From the mouth of infants and sucklings, we have found its strength that the eternal spiritual world will be the, the basis for all human activity. And then our midot tovot, hamidota tovot, our good qualities in their highest source, they will be mosadot that we will, those will be the impulses which will establish our social life, our family life and, and our individual life. And, um, so, and holiness will really be in the, um, the fullness of existence. So now I wanna finish, and therefore, what Rav Cook is saying to each of us, and I wanna, this is, um, well, I'll end with this piece and then we can discuss and everything. But he wrote like this, and I'm reading this as a call to each of us. This is Rav Cook speaking personally to, to, to all human beings who feel 
a sense of, of, of real spirit. A call, a summons to a higher contemplation, a higher gazing. If you will it, human being, look, see the light of the divine presence in all existence. Observe the Edenic nature, the harmony of the heavenly realm. How this spreads forth into every corner of life. Spiritual and material. That are before our eyes of flesh. And that are before our eyes of spirit. Let us see the aura shechina bekol hayekum. Hitbonen beplaeha yetsira. Reflect, contemplate on the wonders of creation. Bechayeha elohutshulahem in their divine dimension. Lor lo betor ezetochnit kehesheme mechakim matzigim negede necha. Not as a dim configuration that is presented to us from afar. This is the reality we're living in. Know yourself and your world. Know the, the contemplations, the thoughts of your, the logic, the thoughts of your heart. And every thinker and, 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 and contemplator Find the source of life that's within you, that's beyond you, that is all around you, the splendor, the glorious splendor of life that we're immersed in. We have our being, we're living in this glorious splendor of existence. The love that's within us, extend it, elevate it to its source of its strength and the splendor and its noblest beauty. Take the love and expand, extend it to all dimensions. Toward every manifestation of the soul that sustains the universe. It's only our, the splendor of the universe is only dimmed because of our deficiency in seeing it. But the universe is extraordinarily splendorous. Look at the lights in their inwardness. Don't let your soul be swallowed up by the names, the concepts, the letters, the categories, the isms. All the names of things, they're given to us. We're not given over to them. I'm a capitalist. I'm a socialist. I'm a this or this. All these categories and, and, and that, that, we, that we enslave ourselves to. Let not our soul be swallowed up by concepts. Ale le mala ale, let us rise up 
up. We have mighty powers. We have wings of spirit. Wings of mighty angels. Don't, let's not deny them or they'll deny us. We'll seek for them. We immediately find them. Holy and precious are the forms the forms that robe reality are precious and holy to us. And especially if we're limited in our spiritual perception, but as we approach of a life of enlightenment, we must not swerve from the perspective that light flows from the incomprehensible to the comprehensible emanation from the light of the Ein Sof. The Anu Kruim, and with this we'll end, the Anu Kruim, liot mit adnim ba'adanim shmemim, and we are called to be Edenized in the heavenly Edens, bechol pratea hakarot, in all its particular, all the proliferations of particularity, shebeklal hagadol azeh, that are part of this great whole, that from it has emerged and emerges all life. So may we be blessed to be truly reach the, the, with the divine goodness that the divine will wishes for us and that history is bringing us to. And may our learning bring healing to everybody on the planet Earth who needs healing in all the worlds of feeling. And so, Daraba for your Amen. Amen, Rav Yitzchak, Yashukach, thank you so much. So, Chavra, uh, given our limited time, let's take a few comments, elaborations, questions from folks all at once, and, um, and then we'll give Rav Yitzchak the last word here. Just a reminder, this is the first part of a 10-part series. So um, don't forget to unmute yourself and uh, jump in with a thought or question. Okay, I'm gonna start then while others, oh no, please, uh, someone waving. It's Nachum. Good, good, Can you Nachum. hear me? Yes, please. So in the background, you emphasize very much his tradition in Velazhin. Um, You've mentioned his influence by the Zohar. I'm told um, that there was a strong influence um, that he was under also with Hasidut, which might come from the Zohar. Might you share how that influenced his thought as well? Or will that okay. come out in some of the other lectures? Okay, before you respond, let's take a few more. Uh, if you'll just make a note of that, if you don't mind making a note, and then we'll hear a few more voices, just give it a limited time. Okay, someone else? And next time I'll end a little earlier, just the first time. Uh, okay, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> There's so much to share. It's wonderful. Okay, let me jump in quick. And I'm sorry, this is such a basic question, but I'm a little stuck. So he's a panentheist. So Kodesh Baruch who's in everything and beyond everything. And so I'm trying to understand what is the Kodesh. And you explained at one point, you said divine creation. Kodesh is divine. So everything is divine creation. And so where does human creativity kind of intersect with divine creation? And where, like, where, how, and how, how does Kedusha play out in that direction? source for human creativity. Hmm. Okay, that's all right. So, any other questions, or should I, can I take maybe one or two more if we have? 
<laughs> yeah, very, very quickly, I came to Chicago. Just want to understand, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, up, it seems almost different than when we're learning every day from the Nebuchim uh, Sefer. Mm -hmm. He seems to be starting from the big picture and going to the small picture. It doesn't seem very specific, Jewish specific. It seems to be universal, and then somehow it flows down into the Jews rather than the other way around, starting with Jewish nationalism, et cetera, et cetera, and then expanding into helping the world. Yeah, yeah that's an important observation. I'll, I can, I'll address that. Okay, is the, do we have one more voice who wants to weigh in before, before we hand it back over? So the, okay, in terms of Hasidim, Rav grew up on his mother's side, Chabad. And, and when he was born, his mother made a bracha that he should be a, a great Rebbe, and his father made a bracha he should be a great Talmud Chacham. And then they end up saying, well, he was both. Um, he basically integrated all the traditions that preceded him. He is the integrative voice of Torah. So there's... Uh, people have written essays and, and books tracing, you can find his Chabad influences, particularly. He would, Sudashlishi at Beit Arav, he would speak in, in the Lashon of, of, of Chabad. That way he started his, his, uh, his, his most incredible Torahs were Sudashlishi at Beit Arav, and they would go on for quite a while sometimes, and he would often start with Chabad. With Chabad. Um, so, yeah, so he's a great, he's a great, great integrator. Uh, he, but Torata Sod, he's really the, the most expanded presentation of, of the of Kabbalah. That's what Rav Cook's writings is, 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 is the most advanced presentation of Kabbalah. And he's taking the teachings of Kabbalah and taught them to all levels of existence to many more topics than, than we're covered before. Um, well, I guess that the, 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 the whole Kedusha in terms of, of Rav Shmuley, which the Kedusha, I mean, the Kodesh is the divine realm. That's like the Sphira of Keter, which is just Chachma. We are, you know, here in Asiya and in Malchut in order to, to bring this into, into the physical experience. So it, it's there, there's a relationship between them. And, and, and the relationship from the Ein Sof to the Sof, the Yesh Mi'ayin, that all that dynamic and what that's trying to describe is, is how we are, we are here experiencing Kedushah, which then gives us a sense there's a, there is Hakod HaKadosh, because we were experiencing Kedushah here, so we know of the Kadosh. And, and, and then, uh, the link here that they made here in, 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 in this is Kadosh is the Ratzon HaElyon. The way we, we the next level is the, it's the Kedusha is sort of the Olam um, Ha'atz, it's the world of Olam Ha'atzilut Eloki. That's the one description of, of the world of, of the Kadosh, the world of the divine emanation, where just purely the divine emanation. And then it goes, it descends into, into matter. This is this is really the source for before the descent into 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 matter. Um, the klali that's we when you we can read almost these entire five 
this is his Torah, Klali. There's nothing here that's, that's only Jewish. He's describing here, these are the five foundational principles of existence. And they're equally true for every single human being in existence. And, and the process of bringing the world to its elevation and perfection is a process involving and for every, every single human being of existence. It's a universal process. Israel is here to serve the universal perfection, perfecting, tikkun olam, all of that. And so, um, but you're right, this one, that, that's the Nazir was presenting the universal principles in Ruff Cook's teachings. And, and that was really his focus. Though within it, he has a lot about how Israel particularly is part of the universal. We don't, we, we, we serve the universal by being Israel, not by not being Israel. Okay, this is very rich. Thank you all so much for joining. We will see you next week, next, uh, what day is today? Wednesday, next Wednesday, uh, 10 o'clock Pacific, 11 Mountain, noon Central, 1 Eastern, 8 p.m. Jerusalem. <laughs> Israel. 8 p.m. So thank you very much. I, I'm glad for the opportunity to share. And um, and I have a website and all that stuff. You can look, we'll get that later. But um, thank you very much. And Rabbi Shmuley, huge yashikoach on everything you're doing, you know, on all the levels. Sorry for interrupting. Apart. Are you going to share these um, sources? Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like hey, we're going to AJ. We're going to prepare them. Yes, tomorrow AJ and it I are going to prepare them. It would be helpful to see them. There was. There was so much. My like, I want to. I want to go over them again. I want to like be able to feel them a little more closely. So. Sure. No. They, it, it, it's it's. Um, yeah. It's and like and let me know if we do too much because I, I mean, Rough Cook is huge. It, it's you know he's the largest. He is the largest thinker of, of the last so, couple of thousand so I'll years. I'll just say history. like I felt like you went through a lot of it quickly, and I. I wonder if there's time to do it a little more slowly and to be able to feel the language, but also there are a lot of different people in the class. Like it's the first time I'm really learning rough code. So I, you know, want an opportunity to try to feel Yeah, so maybe what I'll do is, is have, yeah, I can take that. That's maybe it's a matter of trying to be comprehensive, but not overwhelming. Right, uh, yeah. So and if we see the text maybe in advance, if I would even see what you're gonna teach, Next Wednesday, I would have a chance to look at it, so it would be familiar. That would be very helpful. So maybe the text could that. be tied to each presentation, perhaps, so it's not overwhelming. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, as a teacher, it's the first time as I'm being a, like. Now I understand why my students want to see the texts in advance because it gives them a chance <laughs> to like look, you know, have and, a and, and especially Rough Cook is. Well, you yeah. see what Rough Cook is. Peace. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Shalom, shalom. Bye.